Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris, and as always, I'm joined by Jim and Alberto. How's it going, guys? All good, sir. Very good. Berto, what's new? Well, it was a busy week. I uh, finally nailed down that uh, Meet RX Zoom interview, which was, which was which was all right. I actually watched it um, the night it went off with with Yvette, like late at night. And I was like watching with one eye closed. It's just really awkward to <laughs> like watch yourself on TV and, and I don't know, it was, it was just, it was a bit strange, but it really wasn't all that bad. It went really well. Uh, seems to be getting uh, pretty good reviews over 1200 views last time I checked. So that, that was pretty cool. You know, and it, it was just one of those things where like, you know, it's, it's I laid out a bunch of personal stuff that, that, I mean, you guys know about it, but I mean, it was family members that were contacting me where they're like, dude, I didn't know. And I'm like, well, how would you know if I never told you? Mm-hmm. So it was like just a time where I'm like, you know what? I, I don't even care anymore. Well, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm past it. I'm over it. Let's just, talk about it, get it out there and see if it helps anyone. Oh, so, this, so that, that was definitely a cool experience. And then uh, as if that wasn't, didn't make for a good enough weekend, my, my lovely mini me nine-year-old daughter <laughs> who, who has had a absolutely zero interest in learning how to ride a bicycle. We've tried everything. This girl had nothing to do with it. Well, uh, her cousin, Amelia, uh, got, they sent her a video of Emmy riding a bicycle. And then uh, Samara decided on Saturday that she's riding on two wheels. So she started practicing Saturday, and today she rode for three miles while I jogged next to her, like unassisted. And she even took a corner too wide, nailed a, a handrail like head on, flew off the bike, hit the ground. And I'm like, you okay? She's like, I want to get back on. I'm like, that's my girl. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is so Berto. <laughs> and that's I am, so much her. I am loving the fact if uh, you haven't seen Berto's video of the the initial training of uh, going down the sidewalk he just has the biggest dad grin on his face it just made me smile like nothing because it was just like he is so happy so proud of his little one and everything and that's just that's so that's just awesome man i'm so happy for you yeah, you know, it's it's one of those moments like when you you remember when you learned how to ride a bike and who taught you then you know as a dad it's like one of those things that that you just you just you're always looking forward to and, you know, mm-hmm. so, and for the last four and a half years, we've been trying to convince this kid to ride a bike. With no, and I, I just was all but gave up. I'm like, you know what? If you're not going to ride a bike, you're not going to ride a bike. We still got Helena. We still got Noah. I'll get my moment eventually. But for her <laughs> to spring it on me, <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> so let me, I know we've got a guest and all that other stuff, but real quick. So do you live in a neighborhood where you have like sidewalks and the ability for your kids to bike around and everything like that? Uh, yes and no about, uh, cause I live in a very, very, like the original neighborhood here in, in central tech where I live in Pflugerville, like where we bought a house is like the original neighborhood. So if, if we venture to the East, the houses get older and older and older and there's less sidewalks, but we venture a little bit to the West, the houses get newer, newer, and newer, and there's sidewalks everywhere. But uh-huh. uh, at the end of our block, about three blocks down, we got a green belt and it's about, you know, it's, I don't know, four or five, six miles of trail that go along this little creek. And it's like a six foot wide sidewalk with grass on both sides. So that, that's where that's where that video was taken. So that little trail you saw goes on for, for quite a while. Gotcha. Gotcha. I grew up with a two car detached garage with a concrete floor and a gravel driveway. So my bike riding initially was doing loops inside the garage. <laughs> because was, uh, my mom and dad were like, we don't want it, my you you rub the dirt in it if you got hurt kind of thing, which I was fine with. But when you're first starting out, like you need like a large flat surface. Yeah, I didn't really have that. So I was great at the loops for a long time. And then, <laughs> then, it, then I finally got it figured out and went into the yard and so on. So Chris, do you remember how you learned how to ride a bike? Actually, I think I do. I think I was about five, maybe six years old. You mean a normal age? Um, <laughs> and I was in the parking lot of a church that was like across one of the main streets from my house. The house that we lived in at that time was on a pretty steep hill. 
So it didn't give us much of, uh, I was just actually thinking about them. I'm like, wait, was that the, and it turns out, this is the funny little thing that the church that I, that I learned that ability in, in the, in their, in their parking lot, um, that was the church that one of my best friends in high school's uh, father pastored. So hmm. it, it was, it was much later, you know, on, he wasn't there at that time, but it's like small world that that was just happened to be the church that, you know, my best friend was attached to later on in life. And so kind of, kind of crazy little circle. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the bike riding was, was learned in that parking lot. Um, Very neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, um, and bike riding is awesome, and it's it's great to see those dad moments. That's just so, so, so very cool. Uh, Jim, how's uh, corn life been for you? Wait, did you say corn life or corn life? Corn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's Indiana, but come on, now, give me a little bit of a break. You know, we do have, we got these big cities up here. Um, it's, uh, it's. It is the new normal right now, so you just uh, roll with it as best you can. No pun intended with the bike conversation from a moment ago, and um, yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, everybody's healthy that I know. Um, we've we, my community here in Southern Indiana has been pretty good about uh, social distancing and all that good stuff. I do get some dirty looks when I go into a grocery store and not wear a face mask and hazmat suits and all that other stuff and you know i'm just in to get my stuff i'm not talking to people and getting out so there's two sides of it mm -hmm. whatever um and to those who wear the face mask no problem so um i'm hopeful that in the next month or two we get a little bit back to normal in some ways we'll see what happens yeah we're inching there uh work my work travel resumes on monday so i mean we're we're inching closer and closer and it's completely my decision. Like I could say no, but I I can't think of a good reason not to. I mean, just I like I said, I've been working this whole time. I've been dealing with the exact same amount of people that I've been dealing with for the last few months, and I I you know I just don't I can't I can't find a reason to turn it to to say no. I'm not going to go out there and help you out when 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 these customers mm -hmm. are asking for it. So yeah, so there's a little sense of normalcy. Uh, things are slowly getting back to normal, and I got to head out of town for a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of been what it's been around here. Of course I'm staying home anyway, because I work from home. Um, but it, it is one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm not going out unless I have something specific that I'm doing. And I only go to places that I would normally go with people that I'm normally doing them with or going to the store to pick up things. And I did, I have you know, face mass face cover things on order and have had for a while um mm -hmm. but they keep getting delayed and delayed and delayed uh for whatever reason who knows what so um i i did find a bandana and so i pulled that out yesterday and wore it into a couple stores whenever i was going in to grab something here there real quick but i'm mainly doing that because yeah it's a limiting thing and you know it will be better than nothing but um, you know, more than anything, it's not, it's so I don't get the dirty looks. <laughs> I work at a bank. Masks yeah. are not really a thing that we like when <laughs> no, they go I into the building that. or I, I come do. to the drive-thru. So that's kind of my aversion to it also. Like, eh, yeah, yeah, don't, let's not. I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally get it. So yeah, that, you know, it's, it's been pretty, pretty standard, pr pretty new normal kind of yep. like. Like you said, um, for for me and all is well in general. I'm just as busy as ever. So, um, so let's uh, let's do our shout outs, and that's going to lead into our topic of the week because we've got some uh, good ones in mind. Uh, Alberto, let's start with you. I'm going to go with uh, Andrew Eason, who uh, has become more and more active lately. Uh, and as we were talking about a minute ago, he had posted a extremely sweaty picture of him after a, after one of the athlete X workouts, which we can all attest are absolutely miserable if you actually decide to do them. <laughs> and then, uh, he's, he's, he took that on. And then he, the next, one of his very next posts was, uh, kind of him saying that he's, he's trying to return to one of his passions. And 
it was like a very vague, very mysterious post because all you saw was like a little bit of a samurai sword. So now I'm like super intrigued. I need to know more about his passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh, it, he in the the comment section of that uh, that post, he goes in a little bit more detail. He uh, apparently is uh, trained in and studied the uh, Korean martial arts pre Korean War, I think, something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but it it, it was something like that. And it's it's uh not just the sword but uh, and the, and if you look closely there's actually a bow in the back that's what i thought that was i yeah. just wasn't sure yeah so there it, it's not just the sword but that's definitely one of those uh instruments of destruction that he's got in there and, and yeah, so we're gonna need to see video of these things in action. yes it's agreed agreed after he has a little bit of chance to uh to to kind of break off the rust a little bit off of his uh, uh off his practices it'd be cool to see some of it so We'll have to ask for that, but yeah, that was a, a post that I latched onto too. Is um, you know that 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 ability for one activity to push you and encourage you into uh, trying to get into more of of your other activities that you you're passionate about. Jim, how about you? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. My shout out this week is to Ryan Richards. Uh, he is celebrating his one year keto versary. He is down 135 pounds. Dude is beast. Um, he went from, let me get my numbers here, 382 to 247. Um, especially in the last couple of weeks, he wrote uh, cutting out absolutely every bit of sugar, diet pop, et cetera, getting back on an intermittent fasting regimen. Uh, he says that he's about 60% of where he wants to be. Um, I don't know that he's got a lot more to go. Maybe it's on the uh, toning upside and things like that. The one thing that caught me with his uh, photos, he did the a front before and after and a side front and after or side before and after. And when you look at the side photo, you know everybody who when they when they're a bigger person, they carry their weight differently. And Ryan, you you can see how his back, like his spine, almost curves in, so to speak. Um, and so he's, you know, he's, he's out of alignment big time. I'm not a chiropractor by a long shot, but you can definitely tell like his stomach is pulling him forward. And then when you look at the current, holy cow, he's like standing up straight, mm. even though he really wasn't, he was standing up straight in the first picture, just not having all that weight on the front side of him is allowing him to be, have a straight up spine, which has got to be such a huge relief on not only the weight, but just letting him, you know, have that alignment with his back and everything and less trouble there. So, uh, dude has done awesome. Uh, 135 pounds is nothing to sneeze at. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Mr. Richards. Yep. Absolutely. I am going to shout out our old friend, Devin. Uh, we've talked about him a few times on the podcast and he is, he's, he's had a hard go of it. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be real. He's had a hard go of it, but he, Got into the uh, into the boot camp group with David and uh, Berto, and they and, and he. I I don't even know exactly what it is. One of these days, we're gonna get. He, he likes to talk, so we'll have to get him on the podcast <laughs> to share his story. Uh, but he uh, something lit the fuse, and he is just absolutely killing it. Um. He is just get, getting after it as far as uh, staying active. He could, he honestly, he is not the same young man that he was just a couple short months ago when we met him. And uh, some of that is just him discovering his own abilities. And so he's out there. He he could totally have made the excuse, "Oh, my gym's closed. I can't work out." And if it was two or three months ago, he probably would have. Uh, he would probably admit that, but he hasn't made that excuse. He went out and found a tractor tire and he's out there banging on it with a sledgehammer. He's flipping it, dragging it, all this stuff. He found a way to work out. Even in the time whenever his gym was closed, he's eaten right. He just did a 70 hour fast. I think like he's really, truly hitting it hard. And I'm, I'm just really, I want to applaud that because he, he was one of those guys that, you know, 
Sorry, Devin. I wasn't sure if you were going to make it early on. <laughs> just just to be very honest. Uh, but you're you're doing awesome, and he and I want to want to uh, applaud that because he really is. He's he's making it work uh, in in all of this, and I think that some of that is just him finding his own motivation and whatnot. But uh, Berto, you, you said something when we were kind of discussing who we were going to shout out ahead of time. We we tried to plan it out a little bit so we don't double up. Uh, but go go ahead and share a little bit about what you were you were saying on some of that. Yeah, he, he he had a rough go at first, and he he just had just had a lot of questions and a lot of excuses, to be perfectly honest. And then when we decided to give that that boot camp same thing a test run, he was pretty much one of the only persons I had in mind. I think we had five or six people in there, and he was definitely one of them. And uh, and I mean, he quite literally like abused the privilege, which is what it was there for. But he let out every single question, every single concern. Like that guy was posting multiple times a day. Anytime he had a questions, he'd be at a gas station or going to grab something to eat and, and like, you know, posting pictures of what he's going to get or what his options were and in hopes to get a response. And, and, uh, we were not nice to him. I was not nice to him. I just kind of went the tough love route and, you know, and he, he's young and he had his fair share of issues, but he's got enough time to turn it around. And, and at that age where he can literally change his life and be a different person before he hits 30 years old. Absolutely. So, so, uh, he just, he just stuck with it and you know, he, I think he had a little slip up. He admitted it, but, uh, like you said, he lit his fuse He and he found it, whatever it was, he was, he didn't have, he found it and he's, mm-hmm. he's attacking it with a passion and it's, it's nothing short of amazing to see. Yeah. Yep. Really, really inspiring and, uh, really great to, to see him taking control and, and exactly like what you were saying, him taking that time to do this now before he's even 30 years old and be able to course correct because he was absolutely on the path to, you know, continual (laughs) morbid obesity and, and, and all of that stuff because between stress and not eating well and all of those things, um, he, he would have been in, in a much different position, um, and, and all of that. So with that being said, uh, Jim, any other thoughts on that before we move on? Because I, I don't want to leave you out on that conversation. No, no. I don't know, Devin, as well as you guys do. And, uh, but, you know, we all hit those. We all hit our stride when we hit our stride. And it's awesome that he, it took him a couple of stumbles to uh, get on the right path and everything. So, yeah, we need to get him on the show and let him share the story at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's starting to become uh, something that, that will be very much in order. Well, um, absolutely good stuff uh, happening. And, and it, it's a testament to the value of someone speaking to your life, giving you some tough love and encouraging you to pursue and seek your absolute best self. Um, absolutely. Uh, let's dig into our guest today. We have Jack Walker with us. Uh, now just to, to sway the, 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 uh, the confusion, uh, if you look him up on, uh, on Facebook, it's J J Evan as one word Walker. And he, he let, let us know early on. His name is actually Jack Evans, his middle name. Uh, so if you look him up online, uh, Jevin is what it's going to read, but it's actually Jack. Jack, welcome to the show. Guys, thanks for letting me uh, be a part of this today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So get us started a little bit on your story, who you are, where you come from. Um, we don't have to deal with the, the health stuff right now. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and get, give us a little bit of your background. Okay. First of all, the most important thing in my life is my, my wife, my children, but I'm a father of two beautiful children. Uh, I like bragging on them. Uh, I have a boy who's 23 and a daughter's 18, and they really push me to want to be my best. Uh, but as far as myself, I've always tried to be in uh, athletic. I've been a fan of martial arts since I was six years old. I couldn't start it because of asthma and everything until I was 16. And that led me in the direction I wanted to do, looking into fitness from the early Weeder uh, magazines, Muscle Fitness and Men's Fitness. And so I wanted to build that body. Then, I, then Jean-Claude Van Damme came out and said, okay, that's what I want to look like. But I couldn't look like that. So I kept pushing on it, trying to do, you know, the regular diet, reading up everything I can. And in my 20s, I was eating three to 4,000 calories, getting ready for competition all the time. That finally caught up with me when I got into my 30s when I wasn't as active. I was teaching martial arts, but I wasn't 
as active. The weight started coming up. My metabolism started changing. And then I tried it again with a different system. Same thing. I tried the bro diet and uh, I lost weight, got back into being uh, where I want to compete again. Uh, kept that up. And around when I, when I was 38, 39 years old, I decided to jump in the cage. So I got in the cage, got in the best shape I've been since I was my 20s, started fighting. Uh, from there, I moved from Mississippi to California uh, out here. And then my health went the opposite because instead of training for fighting all the time, I was working all the time. And then my health plummeted, but it was, but when I stayed on, I was fine. I got into keto. It was actually on accident. I got tired of looking uh, how way I was looking. And I decided to join this, this club called F45, which is right down the road from where we moved. And I started training, getting in shape and they had these little challenges. And I first tried to do the challenge with a plant-based diet. I tried it in the past. It helped a little bit. And I won the first challenge by losing from 265, I think down to 240, uh, 220 or something. And then I, they had this company that was doing food uh, where you can do to-go food or deliver food. It was called Diet To Go. And they had a thing called Whole Food 30. And I said, wait, that's like keto. And they said, yeah. I remember trying Atkins back in the early 2000s. And it worked for me. And I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And after I got on it, I was hooked. I saw how it changed my body. And from that point on, I started doing more research. Anything I get my hands on to read, uh, any type of social media that I can get a hold on, I would just consume it to learn more and more about it. And, uh, and that's really how, my, how I've started my journey. It's, con- it's continuous. Very cool. So let, let's dissect that a little bit because I w- want to make sure that we don't gloss any, over any of those sections. So kind of tell us a little bit about uh, like weight-wise or, or condition-wise where you really, really started before you started doing the training. And then we can kind of break it down into to, you know, kind of the phases there. Now, are you talking about when I was younger or, and when I started keto? Uh, even way well before keto, like when you first started, like grown up, you know, what was your, your weight averaging and what was your activity like? When I was, uh, when I was a teenager, I first started getting into weightlifting and training. I was pretty athletic, skinny. I was this long, lanky kid. My body, he was always going through changes and I was, I was really thin. I was walking around at 165 at about 510. Uh, so I, mostly all I was doing was weightlifting and martial arts. Uh, so that's where I started with. And then when I got into my 20s, my, I started getting more muscular. I, I was walking around at around 20, uh, 23 to 25. I would hit anywhere between 225 and 195, but I was in good shape. I was probably walking around about 12, 13% body fat. And then when I hit after 26, 27 uh, on those calories, the weight just started coming up. The heaviest I ever got to was 285. And, and then that, that, was, that was the end of that. <laughs> What was your, what was your body fat? Like any idea of uh, that 285? Well, I know when I got it checked, um, even a couple of years ago at 265, I was hitting right at 28. So I had to be in close to 29 to 32% somewhere in that range. But that at time I wasn't checking it. I just know that I was wearing like a 38, 40 pants. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that that's, that's where I was at, at the top of, and I'm about the same height. So I, I was, I topped out about 280 myself. So I, I understand exactly what that feels like. Um, so you, you mentioned the martial arts, um, and I've got a little bit of interest in that. I've been doing Kung Fu now for a couple months, but I did a month of Krav Maga, which I know is something that you're active in now. Uh, tell us a little Ooh, bit about questions. the, yeah, let's, 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 uh, we'll let, get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, the, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of those studies, uh, that you, that you've done and, and, and whatnot. Let's, let's see what, uh, let's dig into a little bit of some of those disciplines that you've learned along the way. Oh, no problem. When this, this is my passion, my love. Uh, I, my first style that I started in was 1986 was called Kyokushin. Uh, Dolph Lundgren also has a black belt in this style. I didn't get a black belt. I only got the purple belt in that style, but it was a real hardcore style. If you ever get a chance, this guy is named Masoyama. This guy, up into his 50s, was fighting bulls, uh, crazy hard style of martial arts. And I love that type of training. And we trained in Mississippi, and you know, so it's always hot and everything. And the only time we would go inside to train in the uh, dojo was if it was lightning outside. So our instructor always had us outside in the grass or running on the roads. You know, being 16 years old, that was awesome. Uh, that's how I got my first taste and wanted to fight and compete. From then, I switched to a style of Taekwondo. Uh, where a lot of the people in it were kickboxers and they, and it was just a, a rugged style and I loved it. And that was my base for many, many years, but I would train in other styles. 
and you know, you're as you were talking earlier about one of the members uh, with the the Korean with the sword and everything. Uh, I was trying to think more about what that style was called, but I know with the sword, I think they call it kumdo. But I started learning more about the the uh, Korean martial arts. Uh, tried to dab in what's called Han Mudo, which is the uh, Han philosophy of the Korean style martial arts. Did that for a while. Then something happened around, I think, 1993 with uh, everybody knows about BJJ. Um, and when that hit the scene and I started watching the first UFC, my whole idea toward martial arts completely changed. I started really looking into more styles of Muay Thai, uh, other styles of kickboxing, especially uh, catch wrestling and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I did that for many years, training and stuff and working with that. Um, and then I came out here. I moved out here in, I think, 2009. And I, and I was driving down Ventura Boulevard, which is over here uh, on the Valley side. And I saw this sign for the, uh, the, the headquarters for Krav Maga. And I started looking into it. And I started really had a big interest in it. And I went to one or two classes. And then something happened. And my family moved back to Mississippi. I worked there for a while. And I still had this thing that I wanted to find out more about Krav Maga. Things worked out. And we came back out here to uh, California. And I got into Krav Maga. And for most people who don't know it, the Krav Maga is an Israeli self-defense system. Even the words Krav Maga means contact combat. So you learn a mixture of everything. What they do is they take different styles, whether it's judo, boxing, Muay Thai, and they take in all these styles and whatever is most effective, they try to use it and utilize it in a combative system. And it's used in all over the world for different, uh, different armies and militaries. And like in, even in Israel, they use it for the IDF. And even one of our school uh, liaisons in France, I think they even use it to train the foreign legion. So it's a very effective com uh, combative style. And I fell in love with it. So I'm going to ask a question. And since you live way far away from me, I'm kind of not afraid to ask it. <laughs> what if, for somebody that's listening to all this who has no idea about martial arts and things like that, how do you describe these different types of martial arts? Because people may think everything from like a Bruce Lee movie to Jack Chan to like the serious stuff. And I truly have no idea like what, what are the elements that make these things different and why do certain ones, why are certain ones more for you versus somebody else, so to speak? You know, the way I look at martial arts, uh, I think everybody should try out, like, like we were talking about Kung Fu a while ago. You find what fits you. Uh, I go to styles that I, I, that I think fits me. It's like if I go out there to the car, I'm looking at something that, that fits me. If I want an SUV, I want to have certain things on it. You may have something else that you want, but we still want an SUV. And, and at the end of the day, it's what do we love? What really gets our heart and our desire going? And for like when I started Kyokushin, the reason I really loved it because it was just old school karate, you know, and I love that. And then I was always a fighter. I like to compete. I like to do that all the time. So every style that I stayed in had to be what it was based mostly on the, the fighting system, the combative system. And to me, that's what meant the most for me. But other people, they love the art side of it, the, the philosophical side of it. Also, yeah, uh, if you look, some people who do the Tai Chi or they do different forms of uh, soft Kung Fu, they like it for that side of it. Uh, and there's so many hard styles and soft styles. Uh, everybody's a little bit different. Uh, just like with with me, I, I also love Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I just started uh, training again in that before uh, the pandemic hit, which is a bummer because I was wanting to st start competing in April again. But you know what? I'll get back on it after this is over. Did that answer yeah, that a little bit for you? It absolutely does, yeah. I mean, and I don't mean any disrespect. I truly just, I've heard these different terms and everything. I'm like, what's the difference exactly? Yeah. So I appreciate and, the insight. Oh, no problem. For me, I, I love all martial arts. I, you know, I have people that come by and say, oh, you train in this, you train in that. I will sit there and just, we'll have a conversation about their different styles. Not to say this is better, or this is, who's the best style, or this is worse. No, I want to find out what is in about the style that makes you tick? And that's what I like. I think part of, I, I wasn't sure. It, and timing wise, I, I was like, okay, it's going to be a bigger time investment. Like it's further away. I'm not sure if I can make this Kung Fu thing work for me. Um, and what I found, especially now that we're doing remote classes, it actually is a whole lot easier uh, to make yeah. classes and things like that. But the, uh, the thing that I found was that Kung Fu is at least the learning of Kung Fu is a lot slower 
and it's uh, it allows me the, the the chance to really focus on form and let's get this move right and those types of things. And you drill them over and over and over again so that in the event that you need them, they're there and they're just second nature. Whenever I did my month of Krav Maga, everything was just balls to the walls, you know, busy, active, you know, beat up on each other, you know, get out <laughs> of that, you know, you know, fight for your life on an almost literal scale and a say. You know, if it's possible to be in a safe way to fight for your life, you know, to get out of a choke or that type of thing. And it, it was just a very different training style. And I don't, while I think I probably, you know, enjoyed it for different reasons, I didn't feel like I was walking away with the conscious knowledge. I was probably walking away with muscle memory that I, I wouldn't have had otherwise, but um, conscious knowledge and being able to, to like, process it later and redo it and, and things like that. It, it, uh, it was, it was just different style. And, and so I'm enjoying Kung Fu quite a lot and because I can do it slowly. I can, I have a set form. I have, uh, you know, specific patterns that I'm supposed to be able to do to be able to get to the next belt, things like that. And so, Oh, I, exactly. Yeah. Like I say, each, each, every person has a different path. And the great thing about, uh, when I fell into this organization with Krav Maga, he's also, uh, one of the members of our, uh, the Keto Men's Club. It's Mark Cox. He's my he's my Krav Maga mentor, and we became best friends. He's also on this journey with me in keto, and I owe him a lot for everything. And this guy, when he started keto, which I think was June of 2018, he has not had any cheat days with it. And he's also a traditional martial artist. He was even a world champion in breaking. So after you get to that first class, and you're learning how to react like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then as you start going up and you just get past the first uh, couple of belts and levels, you start work, You start seeing how the technique and what, what matters with the the body, how it moves and the kinetics of it. And, and it makes a big difference in how you feel with it. You to the point of breathing, just like in Kung Fu, hmm. when you're moving with, with your stance, whether you're moving forward, how's your breath work with this, how you're moving mm-hmm. with it, you moving with your hips. So we do incorporate a lot of that, uh, as well. But, but like you said, we want somebody to sort of be able to be react and mm-hmm. be able to move when they need to. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, I that was something that I picked on. I it, it pick, picked up on that. That as you get more advanced, it actually slows down so that you can speed up. It, it, exactly. It's one of those weird things. Um, but yeah, at first they're just like, just learn some basics so that you can defend yourself if you need to um, type things. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. I, I uh, practiced Taekwondo for a long time. I think I got up to, I want to say red belt with a few stars um, back in my early twenties. And, and it was, uh, it was really interesting and, and I, I, you, I'm sure you'll have something to add to this, but I, I kind of ended up getting turned off because, as you can imagine, I was extremely competitive. If that, if that doesn't, you know, <laughs> if that's not hard to believe, but uh, like we we would, I would sign up for every tournament I could possibly find, and then you'd go to a tournament and there'd be like literally hundreds of people there. So you're like, okay, this is gonna be an awesome tournament. And then you know, you you would do forms, you would do breaking, and then you would do sparring. So forms and breaking, the place would be packed, and then you'd always do fighting last. And by the time fighting came along. 90% of the people that were there were gone. And there was multiple times where I ended up fighting someone from my own school because there was no one else there to fight me. And it, it was just like the biggest letdown. And I was at the time, like that was my life. And it was like, like it literally crushed me to, to like, to put everything I got into this, to, to show up to a tournament and end up fighting the dude that I fight every Thursday. <laughs> so exactly. it, was, it was, it was, it was really, really strange. I really did enjoy it, but I ended up just like completely losing interest in it. And, just going a different route with, with what I was doing for athletics. But man, that was, that was, a uh, that was tough. I've seen exactly what you're talking about. you you'll have the whole uh, bleachers filled. Cause they usually, they, when they did it back in the, you know, the eighties and the nineties and stuff, they used to do it in most of the, uh, the gyms of high schools yep. and maybe some colleges and stuff. And these places would be packed. And, but a lot of people were there for the forms and they were, uh, or for the other things like that. And then the fighting, especially when you get to the black belt levels, Man, if you've been out there judging all day, you're so stiff and sore, then you try to fight. I was like, that's a whole different ball game. Uh, that's the great thing about when you're instead of doing tournament or sparring and then going to where you know whether you're fighting in a ring or a cage, you know what time you're going to be there. So when you're backstage, you're just getting warmed up. So that was a, that's a big difference. Oh, yeah, I could totally see that 100%. So switching gears a little bit so we don't turn this into the martial arts hour. <laughs> oh, I could do that for hours, man. So, yeah, you definitely want to switch it. <laughs> so, uh, you're a man of challenges uh you you like to do challenges you're you're in the middle of one now if, I, if i'm not mistaken you're in the middle of uh the 75 hard are you still you're still doing that i'm assuming yeah i've 
I actually started the day before my birthday just because I was getting a little lazy. Um, and I decided I need something to push me. And that's it. I couldn't think of anything else to push me. So, yeah, I'm doing the 75 hard challenge right now by Andy Frasilla. So why don't you uh, go into a little bit of detail as to what that involves uh, for those that haven't heard of it? Uh, the 75 hard challenge is more people will look at it and they'll think it's mostly about working out, but it's mostly about mental, uh, your, your mental aspect and your uh, self-discipline. So the way you have to do on the challenge, you have to pick a diet. And whatever diet you pick, you can't have any cheat meals. You know, so for me, it's keto. And I'm actually doing uh, more of a deep state keto where I'm trying to keep it right now between below 20 uh, grams of carb. Usually I'll do 10, but right now I'm just trying to keep it a little higher. And then I have to do two workouts. One workout has to be outside, and both workouts have to be at least 45 minutes. The, uh, the third thing you have to do is you have to take a progress pick every day, which sounds, you know, like what's the point of it but it, you'll see as the time goes on with it and and they'll uh so you've got and then you got to drink a gallon of water a day so yeah i'm going to the bathroom all the time at work right now which is pretty funny the other things you can't do is you can't drink any alcohol alcohol during the thing and you've got to read at least 10 pages of a non-fictional book every day so it makes you work on those things and i was talking about that progress pick and this is my third time doing 75 hard there's been so many nights that i'm so tired that i almost fell asleep without taking the my my picture and if you don't, if you miss one little thing of this challenge, the next day is day one. So yeah, it pushes me. And like I said, I, I've got several people who jumped on board with me this time. Some are of um, instructors from other crop schools that we have. My my good friend Mark Cox is doing it again with me. And I've also got some people who are, uh, who are great athletes that are paleo and vegan doing it with me. So it's gonna be interesting to see what our what our results are on it. Yeah, that's a that's deep stuff. Well, it's like you, man. You're always doing challenges too. Oh yeah, I, I was doing more. Well, the last one I tried getting on with you was the the hundred burpees. burpees a day, but that's when that that's when the marathon, and uh, that's when the marathon thing went down. And like I I knew like as much as I wanted to still do the hundred burpees a day and run that marathon. Luckily, I convinced myself that that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> that's a toll on your body. It's a definite toll. I, I've got a story behind the hundred burpees too with that, but definitely a toll on your body now if you ever see me running anything over a mile you need to run too because something's chasing me because uh, <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna run uh, run i mean i will do sprints because i love hit training and i'll run up to a mile maybe three miles but uh man i have a car that's what anything over marathons with my car <laughs> I, 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 I gave you props for that man that was you talking about self-discipline i was listening to you on about on the podcast after that and i was like that's crazy. And the time you had to wait and stuff to do that. I mean, that just takes so much self-discipline. It was a, it was an experience. And it, I, even my wife is like, you know, you're absolutely nuts. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but here's, I told her, here's the thing. I'm like, these things are expensive and I'm never going to pay to do it. Like you're, I'm never going to pay to run that far. I'm like, this one just kind of fell in my lap. Like, so like the time is now, like quite literally, if, if I don't do this, I'm never going to do it. And I'm always going to wonder if I go, so it's going to suck. It's going to suck. I'm going to suffer. But you know what? I'm like, I didn't pay for it. So if I decide to bail halfway through, then, then you know, then, then there's really, there's no real major loss, but you know, then, you know, you find out there's a t-shirt and a really cool belt buckle involved. And that was all the motivation. I needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a great story later for your kids to see my dad, this, you know, we love those little things. So oh, absolutely. it's always great to have. So are you the guy that gets the um, big uh, chart whenever you work out through the martial arts or whatever. I mean, obviously you just said the running thing doesn't do it, but cause I know some people and myself included, you know, I'll do the gym and all of that, but I never get that runner's high or anything. Do you yeah. get that? Do you get that rush? Well, it's considering what workouts that I'm doing. The things that I love the most is uh functional training and hit training. Uh, I, I was talking to Robert Seitz and I'm going to try to do a bodybuilding competition this year. And then I found out, you know, like the monotonous working out with weights. It was not something I really love, but I stayed with it anyway, because whenever I commit to something, I want to finish it. And, uh, but, but then I started having some other problems come on with it. So I, I wasn't really, it wasn't, it wasn't in my toolbox that I really enjoyed. But if you give me to where we're doing a, a hit training or high intensity training, or like we're talking earlier about Devin flipping the tires, you get me outside with a bunch of guys and we're flipping tires, sledgehammering things, doing sprints, doing push-ups and burpees and pushing each other. I do enjoy that. It really gets me going. And the same thing with, uh, with the Krav aspect, because it's a lot of high energy too. Cause we, uh, 
we put up kill houses for our black belt training, which is you see a lot with police and stuff. And we do drills through that thing with simunition rounds. And, uh, and we go through different types of um, simulations from whether it's active shooters or bank robberies and stuff like that. It really gets me going. Awesome. Good. So um, let's, so you're, you're, you're staying pretty hardcore on the, the, the food at this point. And you kind of talked about have, having done um, different things along the journey dietary wise. Give us a, a, a breakdown of some of the, the differences that you've noticed and then what you've settled on and finding if, and, and some additional detail on what you're finding has worked uh, well for you. Yeah. So, you know, I started first with the, uh, the sad diet, like most people with the uh, standard American diet. Well, I shouldn't even call it standard. I should call it the Southern American diet, uh, fried pork chops, rice and gravy, biscuits and gravy, you know, everything Southern. I loved it. And, uh, so, and then I tried to do more of the, the, uh, the bro diet, broke it up to six meals a day. Um, uh, I got in shape, but I never got rid of my fat. I, I haven't, I didn't have abs except when I was in my mid twenties. And then I tried because of health issues and stuff, and I was hearing so much about it. I wanted to try the plant-based diet, and the reason I didn't, don't say vegan because there's certain I I grew up around a farm. I know, and I grew up hunting, and I have no problem with that. I've even you know field dressed my own, my own uh, kill before, and even helped you know get our cattle ready so we can take it to the uh, take it to the butcher and stuff. Um, so I had no problem with that. So I could by I'm doing a plant-based diet, and they say why do you call it plant-based diet. Why are you saying you're, you do a plant-based diet? I said, well, because if I go by a barbecue place and I smell meat, it's like crack to me. So I, I can't do that. But I did plant-based for a year and a half, and I lost a lot of weight. First, I had a lot of energy from it, but I just didn't feel well all the time. I felt like there was always something missing. I was always taking different supplementation. Uh, it worked for a while for me. And like I said, I, when I first started my weight journey again back in two, eight, 2018, I tried it again. When I got into keto... It's actually been the best thing I ever did. Now, first, when I did keto, I did where I went by net carbs. So I was going more by net carbs and try to keep around 30 net carbs a day. And I loved it. That's where I made most of my uh, my changes and with my body. And then I think I started with you guys. I uh, joined the club in August of 2019 with you. And I started to get more research and hear more people like Mike or Gormy. And then I started uh, Danny Vega. And I was like, oh, my God, these guys are awesome. And then I found out about. Uh, the keto savage and stuff, what he was doing. And then uh, I started doing DSK uh, tr- uh, consulting with him. Since that point, that type of diet has been the best thing for me. Almost a hyper carnivore approach is the best for me. And my body runs off of it. Like I've actually gotten my freezer. I think the people at the butcher shop thought I was crazy when I bought about two pounds worth of beef suet. Because for me, it, it's almost like meat based diet. Everything else is only 20%. Very cool. Um, just for those who haven't uh, become familiar with uh, Deeper State or haven't heard our interviews with Brandon and, and things like that, uh, tell tell us a little bit more about some of his methodology. You've already given a little bit of detail, but go go ahead and dive on in. Well, one of the crucial points with me is uh, I was consulting with Robert, and he he sent me a text one day, and he said, "So how's it going?" I said, "Going good and good." And he said, "So uh, how many carbohydrates are you taking in the day?" And I said, I'm taking about uh, 20 net carbs. He said, no. How many total carbs? I said, oh, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I knew that from that point on. So for the people who don't know what uh, DSK, one of, one of the main things is he tries, oh, like when I did it, I literally try to keep the, uh, the carbs below 10 grams of carbs a day, higher in fat. And then the other portion is protein. I can't really break down the ratios macros right now. Uh, for what I started with, mm-hmm. but that's the main thing is this very, very low carb. Like I said, for me, it was 10 grams of carbs a day and then very high fat. And that's, what's made the biggest change. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and that seems to be pretty effective uh, for, especially for those that are very, very active and building muscle and things like that, uh, especially, but that's uh if you watch Robert's uh, Robert or Brandon's prep, either one of them, um, it, we worked for them and that's, they followed it to the T uh, and Robert documented and shared every ounce of that process. So uh, his, 
And for those, we're saying Robert, not even giving uh, <laughs> full context on that. We're talking about Robert Sykes, who's been a guest on the podcast. He is uh, known by Keto Savage online. Uh, for those that don't know him, uh, but yeah, he he's he's really done an amazing job with a uh, competition uh, physique and competition prep. That of course he didn't get to compete in officially, but he still competed against himself, and his results were amazing. You know, yeah, the, the other thing I'm is not going to argue that uh, that that hit. Like, I don't. I've never gotten like professionally coached from him or anything, but I I do follow his macros and his approach, and they work extremely well for me. So, so I mean, I can I can understand where you're coming from. Well, dude, I always had I always told people I had a six pack, but I kept it insulated inside a keg. And this this year was the first. Well, I think this uh, around November of last year was the first time I had a little bit of four pack. But this year, coming into it uh, around February when I met him, I had a six pack. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this stuff is working!" Yeah. And I I was pretty stoked because uh, last week I turned fifty, and I was, my goal was to be that have you know be fit at fifty, and I I reached my goal. And I I know turning into it, you know, go to an to a uh, keto lifestyle is the reason why it's working for me like this. You, we always ask um, our guests about their family life and whatnot. Um, anybody else in your family as athletic as you? Are you kind of the oddball in that situation? Because, um, you know, we always talk, always ask about genetics and things. So give us a little bit of the family side of your history. Well, my father uh, in the Navy, I, he never had any pictures to share because he was, a, my father's a lot older. My father was a uh, World War II veteran, but he was a boxer in the Navy very athletic guy in his twenties uh, and thirties. And my brothers were football players and stuff for high school and were very athletic and did real well with that uh, as well. My son is also very athletic. He, he always trains and stuff as well. Um, so I, I think we do have athletic, you know, athletic genetics or genes, as you would say. Uh, but I think the main thing that we probably got from my father is to have that hardworking mentality. I think that's more than anything else. I remember he would have me outside working uh, when I was young, 16 years old, hauling pulpwood to earn extra money. And, you know, sometimes he'll say, just quit being lazy. And then I say, oh, my God, my friends are still at home watching cartoons and eating cereal. You know, so I think it's that hard work ethic. It's very commendable. It's, per- it's served you well over the years, you can tell. Oh, thank you. So how old are you now? I don't know if we discussed uh, this tur- now. I turned 21 last, uh, last Tuesday. Well, you look terrible no, I, for a twenty-one-year-old. Well, thank you, man. It's the gray hairs. No, I no, I turned 50, I turned fifty last uh, last Tuesday. Uh, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? Uh, right now, I'm 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 six one. I may be shrinking. You never know. But uh, my weight's been fluctuating fluctuating lately over this uh, quarantine time between one ninety five and two hundred. Yeah, you're a monster, dude. That's because I, I know how lean you are just from the pictures and and I, I just never knew how tall or, or how much you weigh but yeah you're a you're a freaking monster <laughs> that's a lot of weight uh, to be carrying the dead for for how lean you are well i i that actually well, the leanest i got this year was 178 uh was the leanest but i i feel more comfortable around one between 190 and 195 it's where i feel the most comfortable yeah that's that's a uh, like when i when i bulked up to I think I got to like 187 pounds. Like I loved the way I looked at 187 pounds. Like I just, I just, you know, I, I had just, I had that definition and that, that mass and that size, but, but I, you know, I looked big, but the amount of food it took to keep me there. <laughs> oh yeah. Was it, it, it's, you know, you tell someone you're eating you know, almost 4,000 calories a day. Like it, it, it does, it's not that bad here and there, but when you keep it up, you know, month after month after month for five or six months, it gets a little taxing. And then again, you know, with, with everything that's going on now, it was just, uh, and, and the gym's shutting down that I just like, well, I didn't, I wasn't intending a cut, but I guess we're just going to kind of go into a very mild cut. Cause I just didn't want to come out of this, this whole situation, like bigger and less muscular than I went in. So I, I dialed everything back and, and it, it's working out well, but, uh, man, what I would, if I could just hold on to that 187 pounds, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, what I do during the day is I do occupational therapy and I work with, uh, you know, a lot of older population. The one thing I've noticed throughout the years working, you know, I, I love having mass. I love having size, but as you get older, the lighter you are is actually better for you. Uh, it's, it's, you know, so I, that's why I, I'm now, if I get to where I'm going 195, when they start going down a little bit, as long as I stay lean and flexible and mobility, 
I'm happy with that because what if my diet changes as I get older? What if my what I need as far as uh, nutrition and the density of it? So I'm trying to get a little bit smaller. I'm even thinking about doing more more yoga as well, which which that's going to be an interesting thing oh, to try out goodness. for me. Have you ever done? I'm sure you've done yoga before. That yoga is yoga is something else. I I haven't done enough consistent yoga in a long time but i went i went one after my taekwondo phase i went through a hot yoga phase when hot yoga was the first thing i went for like a year straight and it was the greatest thing ever it's like the, it, it's like martial arts like if it gets easy you're doing it wrong so you exactly. gotta kind of go back and like and recalibrate why it was easy because there's no reason why it, it shouldn't be the hardest thing you're doing that day it's funny you said that because i was making him trying to make it my sunday routine to do a hot yoga class and people say what does it feel like i said it feels like new orleans in august that's what it feels like is that it's muggy and hot and you slip all over the place and your mat's slippery but i said when you feel you leave out of there your whole body feels better you know some people hate it but i love it because you have to work on your breathing you have to, to work on your focus I, I like that there's this one guy called dylan uh, i think it's dylan uh, I can't want to butcher his name. I'm not going to say it, but he does a lot of the handstands and stuff like that. I don't know if I can ever get to that part, but I would love to try it. Yeah, it's great. I used to tell people the same thing. Like you, you literally walk out of there and you feel like you grew six inches and you're, and you're walking on air. It's like this, the weirdest physical high, like the buzz that goes through your body when you're done with a hot yoga session was insane. Oh yeah. So Jack on that flexibility and everything, have you always added, flexibility into your workouts is that part of the martial arts experience because as 44 almost 45 year old me who moves like the 10 man sometimes from the wizard of oz um trying to get into that flexibility stuff can be discouraging because you're like after you know how long is it going to be before i can you know do a back bend or something crazy like that so how long have you been working on flexibility uh, since I was 16, and like I said, the main thing that really set it off for me, and I didn't think about flexibility, was uh, if you guys, I'm showing my age for sure, but there's a uh, one of them, I think one of the movies called Bloodsport, Jean-Claude Van Damme splits up between Absolutely. two chairs. I said, oh yeah, I'm yep. going to do that. And so I got to the point where I could split out between chairs and I was using those crazy hydraulic split machines and I was doing all kinds of stretches all the time, had my people put my foot up against the wall and I was doing all that. Um, and I, I did that for, you know, until my twenties and then had a guy one time try to push my foot to the wall and push too fast and, you know, it ripped some tendons and stuff. And then from then I just did some casual stretching. And it was after I got more into, uh, exercise physiology and kinesiology and stuff and different types of stretching from static to dynamic, I started doing more what's dynamic or moving stretching and more functional uh, movement. And that seems to help, seem to help a lot for me. And I'm, what I now have two different foam rollers that I use to help me with my myofascial try to help break it up and help with the flexibility. And I also use um, one of those uh, percussion uh, massage guns. I use the uh, Hypervolt and I use that a lot. And then I'll try to do a little bit more stretching and do our, doing my kicks and stuff. But I've been doing, I've been doing that for a while though, as far as the flexibility part, but I've now it's more dynamic. I've seen those massage guns. I've been kind of interested in trying one out. Uh, well, the, I had a, I had somebody, I went to a physical therapist one time to work on me. Uh, I had some back issues and they used this hypervolt gun on me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want one. But these things are so expensive. And I finally talked myself into it and I bought one. It's the best investment I ever has had as far as having my own personal uh, massage at home and breaking up the tissue. That with the, uh, the rollers, I, I use them almost every time I get through a training as much as possible. It really helps. Okay. Very I believe cool. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can probably start to dial things down. Um, one, but one of the questions that I, I like to ask uh, is what has, has either become or what, what was, early, especially early on, what, but even still, if, you, if they are the same thing or, or if you have multiple, what are some of the best resources that you found over your time doing keto that have really set you up for the best, uh, the best success there. The first thing that I started with was, uh, YouTube and Pinterest, uh, just finding on Pinterest, finding more about keto for uh, men. I did that at first, uh, Thomas DeLauer, I use his videos a lot, uh, to get snacks and stuff going. Uh, and that was the first thing. A lot of the resources I started getting after that was off Instagram. 
started following people and seeing what they're doing. Uh, that's that I would have to say uh, the biggest for me was Instagram that really helped me a lot. And then after um, as the, other, the other things I did, we bought several books uh, just um, that I, you know, I almost like the, I forgot the one I'm like, I was like the uh, keto Bible or something like that. I've read looking at that. Um, this helped, but we just, we, every time we find new books, my, my wife also does keto with me. So we find new books and stuff and try to read on it. But I would say out of all of them, the main one would be Instagram. And then I'm going to tell you guys this too. I tried several different groups before, before I uh, came to you guys, uh, coming to this group has really gave me a lot of resources too. And, and I've uh, also a lot more motivation as well. Uh, and I, I love this group and what all we can get from it. We don't hate hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? You shouldn't because I see it all the time on the page and it makes me happy. I've even tried to jump into other groups before to see what they offered. And I just took myself out of the groups. And, and uh, this is the, the only keto group that I'm part of. And I, I like what you guys are doing and I like where it's going. And I appreciate everything you guys do, for uh, not just for me, but for all of our members. Your check will be in the mail tomorrow then. Thank you, sir. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I'll take another twelve hundred. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> another? You got yours? <laughs> no, I haven't. I sure haven't. I would. Yeah, be nice. So, um, so that that's you. The ketogenic Bible is a, is an excellent. That's like a a, a textbook level. Type yeah, it's like a foundation for, sure. for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's very well written. I uh, got some great minds behind it for sure. So uh, definitely a great resource, and um, glad to hear that our group is among the resources for you. Um, let's. Uh, so we haven't asked, um, and the only caveat is it can't be steak. So what is your favorite keto meal? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Uh, I will have to say I like my one of my favorite things is uh, pork belly. Mm-hmm. I love pork belly, and this is makes some people they think it's weird, but I like pork belly, and I like I like having either uh, a side of um, I make a coleslaw or a kimchi. That's one of the things I like a lot. Yeah, I could eat I could eat that I could eat those. Just go to Whole Foods if they're already pre cooked and just eat them. Yeah, as a snack in the car. Yep, I I can totally get behind that. Kimchi's <laughs> great. Like I, Wait, I wouldn't both, have ever both thought of those things. I, well, I, go ahead, Berto. Oh, pork belly and kimchi. I mean, you you really can't go wrong. I, I have I have. That's the only thing I really I think I have yet to make is like to make my own pork belly, and then like kimchi. I mean, it's it's just kimchi. It's it's yeah. amazing. It really oh, yeah. is. When I, I have a, when I found about it, found out about it uh, at one of. Unfortunately, it no longer exists. Um, it was a burrito, an Asian infused burrito place here in Round Rock. And they, they unfortunately closed up, but they had a, um, a burrito that had kimchi in it. And I was, I, I tried it and I was like, Ooh, that's good stuff. So I, I, I will eat it on occasion still. The homemade is the best. One of my students makes me uh, different types and she, it's also keto kimchi. And she even made me one with some turnips in it. And it was just, it's so good. Sounds good. For sure. You know, I already hit my macros today, and this last part of this conversation is not helping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have like it's, I'm going to eat afterwards, so I'm going to have to really conserve myself a little bit. Um, any other questions that, that we want to ask before we wrap, wrap things up? Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you want us to that you want no. to bring up? No, it's, it's just, like I said, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you guys. Like I said, I was hoping to do this in person and, and, and you know, when we went to KetoCon, but hey, we got 2021, we can see each other in person. Because uh, Berto and I have talked about it in the past because I plan on making a couple of trips to Austin anyway because some of my favorite things are over there because I want to visit on it as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be able to see each other face to face and I can ask you all the questions I want when we have a meetup. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. All you people in Texas. <laughs> Don't it's be only like a 20 hour drive. Yeah. yeah. Just hop in the car. Be down there. Yeah, 20, 20 hour Thursday. drive. That's it. Next That's week. That's it. Not too bad. <laughs> now, if you walk, you'll quarantine yourself on the way down and then we can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> good luck finding a public bathroom. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah point. Really. good point. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, um, Jack, uh, how can people connect with you? We know that you're in the Facebook group as, as Jevin Walker. Um, and how, how else can people connect with you? Uh, on Instagram, I have two different uh, areas. You can reach me at Keto Coffee Crop and then also Keto Carnivore Combatants. That's what I'm, I'm on on Instagram. And then, uh, yeah, Jack J. Jevin Walker. You can get me Jevin Walker on Facebook. So that's easy. Uh, and also, too, guys, we we're talking about saving money and stuff during, like, a lot of people have asked before in some of our posts about uh, deep state ketosis, uh, ketosis and stuff with uh, Robert Sykes at Keto Savage. He also has a code right now for everybody. It's 20% off DSK, and it's underscore beat the virus, so if anybody's interested. Again, that's beat the virus. And that's what I hope we all can do. We beat the virus all get to see each other in person and uh, share more stories and enjoy time together in fellowship. Yeah. That's uh, it, you know, any chance to save on excellent resources is a, is a good, good thing for sure. So um, we'll make sure to get that in the show notes so that people can share it. And then you're going to share that in the group here in the next day or two so that uh, people can try to take advantage of it even now, because this will probably not air for another like four or five weeks. Uh, I will. I will definitely share it uh, probably as soon as we get off here. Okay. Very cool. Um, it was great getting to know you a little bit better, Jack, and uh, we look forward to getting to meet you face to face one of these days, hopefully in the not as distant future exactly. as it would be otherwise, uh, and and all of that. Um, let's go through uh, our socials and things like that. Um, in in. We're going to change it up a little bit for those who, uh, you know, who are listening. Uh, we're not going to go through uh, Jim Alberto, my social. That's the information is in the show notes as well as uh, we, we've got a like a pre-recorded thing that's going to and uh, you know in be in the outro. So listen for that if you're if you're looking for ways to connect with us, you can use our website to connect with all of those uh, as well as the show notes. Uh, so. Uh, our website is theketomansclub.com, and you've got links there for our podcast, for the bo both Facebook groups, for the Facebook page for the podcast. Lots and lots of ways to connect with us. You can also email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. And we've got a uh, voicemail line, if you'd like. Uh, so that voicemail line is 512-518-6161. Uh, on any of those uh, methods, uh, feel free to call or leave a, a comment uh, or email us a question or concern. Uh, you can also connect with us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast, uh, which is a, a great way to connect with um, all three of us and and spread the word. Uh, speaking of spreading the word, we want to make sure that you, you uh, if you can, please take the time to go. And leave a comment, a review, a star rating, something on uh, whatever platform you're listening on, whether it be Apple, Spotify. Uh, those go a long way to help the the algorithm see us and put us in front of more people. And it's not about Jim and Alberto and my, and myself. It's it's about the people who are getting. Uh, to share their stories and their stories are impacting the lives of men um, and helping build uh, the community that, that uh, we're building little by little. So please, uh, you know, share it out. And if you think that someone would find this podcast uh, beneficial, uh, something about it might stick out for them. They've been in martial arts, but they're not seeing the results they want, whatever it may be. Share it with them. Send them a, send them a link uh, and uh, and all of that. We uh, would appreciate you passing that along because uh, we want to inspire as many uh, men and women, um, but especially the men, uh, you know, that they can absolutely find their um, their absolute best. Any parting shots, gents, before we close us out? Big thanks, man. Thanks for finally coming on and. Uh, under the circumstances, it probably could have been better, but we got you on and, and uh, it all worked out. So thanks, man. Thank you guys so much. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah, definitely a pleasure. Very good. Well, that's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can find the podcast on all podcast platforms. 
Would you help spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or family member that you think might find value in it? You can also help spread the word by leaving a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. First, you can visit our website for all of our social media links, show links, Facebook group, and pages. The website is theketomansclub.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram by following at ketomansclubpodcast. You can email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, you can leave us a voicemail at 512-518-6161. Thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.